our way to church this morning. We had a dispute. I won. I need a man just to quickly help me. We had a, a, a discussion about Adam and Eve and who was wrong and who was right. And obviously, Adam was absolutely right. And uh, so, I was struggling with something in my eye for the past four days. A big irritation. And, you know, I used the eye drops. It doesn't work. And so, Eileen said to me this morning, do you know what really works? I said, what? She says, you take Vicks and you put it into your eye. I said, Vicks? She says, really, Vicks? Your, your mother told me about this. She said, your, your mom said, if you put Vicks into the eyes, it really helps. And I said, you're crazy. I'm not putting Vicks in my eyes. I said, do you know what Vicks does in the eyes? So I saw her face. Disappointed. And I thought to myself in my spirit, damn, I hate disappointing my wife. And so I'm contemplating. Do I listen to her? I don't care who what says. When, when Eve came to Adam, take a bite. No, I can't. Okay, just give me the, the apple. Same problem. I said, there's no way. I'm putting Vicks in my eyes. So I saw the disappointment in her face. Broke my heart. I said, just give me the Vicks. Put it in my eye. Ah! I couldn't see out of both of my eyes. I was driving over a red robot. She messed me up. So this is the reason why Adam took the fruit from his woman. It's because of the face. I said, if you ever wondered if I love you, don't wonder anymore. Just the sight of disappointment. She said, will you do it again? If you ask me nicely. <laughs> Hallelujah. So today is going, something strange is going to happen in this place today. It's not strange to us. It's, it's a normal move, but we're going to experience something tremendously today. I believe that there's going to be a praise release. A spirit of praise is going to fall on people so, in such power and, and glory. That people will, 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 will experience a move of God as we enter into the Holy of Holies where we visit with God. Because I believe today God's going to give people a word that will really change the way you think about God and the way He thinks about you. Now I want you to, say, I want you to understand that I'm going to teach and preach so just bear with me for a little bit. When we were created, we were created for God's pleasure. You have to understand that God does not sit in heaven on a seat and look who he can punish every single day. In actual fact, when the righteous loves, God loves. If you, if you have a good time, God has a good time. Let me quickly ask you by the, by the lifting up, up, up of your hand. Who of you love when you see your children sad? Please wave at me that I can pray for you. You love seeing your children sad. I'll pray for you. Yo. It's not God. All right? We as parents don't like that. Why do we think that God loves it when he sees his people sad? God does not like to see us sad. And I want you to hear me right now. Religion did not come from Jesus. Jesus did not come and taught us a religion. People say Christianity is a religion. Well, maybe Christianity is a religion. But being blood washed, spirit filled, sanctified is not a religion. It's a relationship. Jesus never created religion. Man created religion. And let me tell you why religion came. Because of a lack of intimacy. You better write that down. In actual fact, if you have a pen and paper, take some notes because you need to understand this. Religion came as a result of lack of intimacy. When you're intimate with God, you understand it's not something I have to work towards. 
Let me explain this to you. A lot, I've said it last Sunday. Self-righteousness is worse than unrighteousness. Because self-righteousness, it means that you're your own God. You determine your own destiny. Okay, let me, let me say this. Self-righteousness means you can't do that. Don't eat that. Don't drink that. It's quiet. Don't wear that. Self-righteousness. Okay? Because I have to do something to be good to him. But when you, are, when you understand being the righteousness of Christ, every single time you say, I want to do something, but I can't because I'm a Christian, you are not righteous. You're self-righteous. Every single time something comes up and you say, I'm not interested in this, it means you're the righteousness of God. Because it is the righteousness in you that springs up and says, don't go there. Don't go sit there. Don't, uh, is someone listening to wave at me if you're awake? So let me get back to this. So the Lord created you for his own good pleasures. I want you to understand this. Of, out of all the things that he's created, I'm just touching on something that I'm going to preach to you. Out of everything that he's created, he created you in his, in, to his image and to, into his likeness. But here's what God has said. God has said, I'm going to create people to worship me for my enjoyment. But here's the thing. I'm going to make a backup plan. If they don't praise me, the stones will cry out. If the stones don't cry out, the stars in heaven will cry out. Oh, come on, somebody help me out. If the stars in heaven don't cry out, the sand on the seashore will cry out. But somebody is supposed to worship him. Somebody is supposed to praise him. And do you know why he, he wants us to praise him? Because we are the only creatures created to understand God completely. You didn't get this. When an animal worships God, he worships just because he needs to worship, but not out of revelation knowledge. We worship what we know. Because God does not reveal the secrets of his heart to the animal kingdom. He says that he reveals it to those who belong to him. In other words, me and to you. Can I preach to somebody? God is a curious God. He's so curious that, you know what, he said, that I'll, I, I, I'm, I'm jumping this a little bit, I'll, I'll get back to this again. But he was so curious that he said, I'm going to put on the form of man so that I can be in their lives, so that I can see what they are going through, what they are facing. And you know what he said? And then I'm going to give my spirit, because I'm so curious, I'm going to give my spirit so that they can become like me. Because it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can understand the deep things of the Father, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, the Lord spoke to me about this, this scripture the whole week. So I want the band not to get too far because I'm going to use you in a, in a few seconds. Psalm 100. I want you to look at this. Psalm 100. Can we get it on the screen? Let's see. Psalm 100. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to prove something. Hallelujah. <laughs> the, the Lord has never created us to be silent. Do you know there's no scripture in the Bible that says silence, church? Or my house is called the house of silence? No, it says my house is called the house of prayer. Not a house of silence. In heaven there's no silence. Okay, so it says make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands. Why a shout? Because a shout speaks of victory. Listen, I want to say this to you, that you are not living in defeat. You are not living broken down and kicked out. You are living in victory. 
and somebody needs to wake up in the morning and give an extra shout of praise to say to the devil, I am victorious. Hallelujah. So when you shout, it's like stamping on the enemy's head and said, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Let me just say this to you. When all of hell breaks against you, it breaks open against you, what do you need to do? Make a joyful shout. A joyful shout. Lord, help me. A joyful shout. Why? Because I'm the head and not the tail. Come on, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Why a shout? Because when you start to shout, you know, I don't like that preacher shouting so much. You're in the wrong church. In here, the devil knows that we are victorious. In here, he knows that we are conquerors. Hallelujah. Well, if the Bible says make a joyful shout, I want to be the first one that will shout a praise unto the King of heaven. Hallelujah. Look your neighbor in the eye and say, neighbor, look what the Lord has done. We are awake, we are alive, make a joyful shout. I see a few friends say, I can't do this for him, Sini. All right, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Anytime you complain doing something for the Lord, you're not serving God right. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now listen to this, come before His presence with singing. So one of the things, and I want, you, I want to speak to you about a little bit about the intimate, uh, intimate, uh, intimate knowledge of God. One of the things that attract the presence of God is singing. One of the things that attract His presence is shouting. Serve the Lord of gladness. Come before His presence of singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Listen to verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Let's just keep that on the screen. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. By the way, the, the gates was a, was a, the gates is a place at the, at the old t- t- tabernacle or temple where that led it up into the courts. So he had to pass through the gates to get into the courts. But what God is actually saying, when you want to approach my presence, I'm telling you about some intimate, or intimate knowledge of the things of God to understand how the presence of God shows up. You don't enter the presence of God with sorrow in your heart. You don't enter. Listen, I want to tell you this. The orphan spirit is breaking in this place today. I said the orphan people will be delivered from an orphanage spirit. Because people go to God not worthy. Oh Lord, I'm unworthy. I can't even ask you, Lord. I I can't ask you. I was a bad boy. But the Bible says that when when I enter His gates, I enter it with thanksgiving. So when I approach God, I don't say, Lord, you better give me this. You better give me this. No, no. I approach His gates with thanksgiving. Father, I want to thank you that you are who your word says you are. I want to thank you, Lord, that you are the great shepherd and I have no want. Come on, I want to thank you that your word is yes and amen. God, I thank you that you are the alpha and the omega, that you are the beginning and that you are the end. From everlasting to everlasting, I thank you that my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. I thank you. Woo! Woo! I don't I don't present my need. I present this goodness. I thank you that you are high and lifted up. 
I thank you there's a name above every other name. I heard a good thing. The problem is when you give something a name. I hate speaking about this virus, but they gave it a name. That's what the problem is. If you give something a name, it's subject to Jesus. Because the Bible says there's a name above every other name. And in the name of Jesus, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess. That means every single virus too. I don't approach his bench saying, Lord, I have a need. I approach his bench telling him how thankful I am that I belong to him. Thank you that I am the sheep of your pasture. Thank you, Lord, that when I go to bed, you are there. When I wake up, you're still there. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. I'm teaching you. You want to experience God every day? I can sit in my garden. God's my witness. Sit in my garden. He's there. The presence overflows me. I cry like a baby. Listen, I'm not a drinker. I'm a crier. Yes, near man is near drink. Yes, a man is I've experienced another high. Because why? Because I know how to thank. I'm not where I want to be. But I thank God every day I'm not where I used to be. Hallelujah. I've got something to say thank you. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Lord, thank you for health. Thank you that you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Listen to me. The lion can't go to his presence and say, you are so good to me. He can't because he has no intimate knowledge of God. But I can because I've been created in his image. I can stand before his throne and say, thank you, master. Get rid of a, a need mentality and get a thank you mentality. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I grew up as a small boy in the church. I will never forget when the Tannis had it gegooi in the kerk. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Woo I will enter his courts with praise. Is it a symbol? Tambourine. I will say this is the day. And who? The punk the shuffle. And I loved it. And the glory of God filled the place. Why? Because somebody was thankful. When last did you even say, thank you that you died for me on that cross. Thank you, Lord, that you took my place. So he says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. So before I break through those gates, what, what is the key that unlocks the gates? Thanksgiving. It unlocks the gate. It unlocks the gate to the courts. Now I get into the courts. What, what unlocks me? Because there's another dimension called the Holy of Holies. He says, I will enter his courts with praise. <laughs> I will enter his courts with praise. So after the one door has opened up, there's a praise break. I want to ask our band just to quickly come up to the stage. Because this is deep. You have to understand this. What praise does. Praise is us worshipping or, 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 or let me say this, ministering unto God. Okay, let me say that again. Please look at me. Because this is very important to understand. What we call worship is man-made worship. Okay, I, I've, I've missed a couple of you. What we call worship has been man-made worship for so long. 
If I studied the scriptures, what worship meant, worship most of the time, let me say this, 99% of the time, people that worship was prostrate on the floor. Face down, couldn't look up. Why? Because the man that they worship become a reality. They had an intimate knowledge. You didn't get this. Of God. Who remembered last weekend, as I said, as they, as they received Jesus into the boat, the first thing that they did, they fell on their faces worshiping him. The Bible says in the, in the Old Testament, even when the glory of God came into a place because of worship, you can read it before that they worshiped God, they were face down. Their faces hit the pavement. They were face down. So what we do today, this is our worship looks like this. And that's not worship at all. Worship is an intimate knowledge. Praise, we minister unto God. Worship, God ministers unto us. It's that place where you receive revelation knowledge from Him. And why do we cry? Because it's not because we are sad or unworthy. It's we, we are crying because it's like a woe. Lord, this is overwhelming. This is too big. The King of glory decided to come down for me. So what does the Bible say? He says that I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Somebody in this house, I need a couple of crazy nuts. That will just start to thank God that he has been good to you. Come on. For a few seconds, you have to praise him and just thank him for the goodness of God. Come on, somebody to my right. You better thank God for his goodness. So you have to thank God. Come on, you're not done thanking God. He has been good to you. I said he has been good to you. Come on, forget the people around you and just say, Lord, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Master. He says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. You better tell those gates, gates open up, open up gates. I will enter his courts with praise. Somebody need. And then somebody needs to praise him. Let's go. Hallelujah. until something happens it's the sound of victory hallelujah hallelujah oh let the sound of rejoicing fill this house hallelujah hallelujah oh Hallelujah. I need somebody to come and praise it's the Lord the in the front. Come on. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Oh. Let the sound of rejoicing fill this house. He has made a way. Oh. Where the walls go away. Come on, where's the praises? 
It's the sound of breakthrough. Hallelujah. Eh. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, let the sound, let the sound of rejoicing fill this house. Yeah. Hallelujah. Eh. What's it all? Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah, eh. victory is, is the sound of victory. Yeah. Hallelujah, eh. Hallelujah, oh. oh, let the sound, let the sound of rejoicing fill this house. He has done for me. Yeah. Oh. What no man has done. Hallelujah, eh. freedom is the sound of freedom. Eh. Hallelujah, eh. Hallelujah, oh. oh. Let the sound of rejoicing be.
Have you noticed when Paul and Silas were locked in prison, they were not worshipping. They were praising God. Because when you enter His courts with praise, He enters your circumstances with power. If they didn't worship God in prison, they were praising. Because praise is one of the biggest keys that unlock the manifested presence of God. Praise gets God on attention. Don't be quiet on me now. I can imagine David when he danced before the ark. They were singing hallelujah eh, and hallelujah oh. And he was dancing. And the Bible said he removed his kingly robe. And his wife laughed at him and said, you're crazy. Why are you dancing like a, like a common foreigner, uh, foreigner? You're a king, my goodness. But you know when praise gets you, it doesn't matter who you are. I said it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. Praise attracts the presence of God. Is somebody listening to me? I know that I know that sometimes it seems so dark. But if you can get a song in your spirit and a shout in your mouth, God will break you through dimensions and the reality, His reality will become your reality. Listen to me. He loves you so much that He created you in His image and into His likeness. Now I want to teach on something. You know what happened now? We were praising God. We were shouting for joy. Very soon, in a few minutes, you're going to experience a manifested presence of God filling this whole house. And, and, and then you're going to understand why I taught on what I taught on today. God loves you so much that He created you in His image. I've said this before, I want to say this again. When God created you, if you think about the name Yahweh, when He introduced Himself to Moses, He introduced Himself as the great Yahweh, the great I Am. Yahweh, we say, we pronounce Yahweh. Yahweh, if you pronounce it right, according to the original Hebrew language, you shouldn't use your tongue. You shouldn't use your tongue, all right? There's no tongue in it. So it's actually, that's how you say Yahweh. Before God created you, he said, I want to be so intimate with them that I want to put the first words in their mouth. This is why he says, I will never leave you nor ever forsake you. When you ever feel lonely, just breathe. By the way, it's the first thing you said when you were born. It is the last thing that you will say before you die. <sighs> this is why he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between. In him we live and we move and we have our being. Think about this. He loves you so much that he said, I'm going to make you the way I look. You are God's prized possession. Is somebody listening to me? Shout, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Now, I want you to understand this. I'm going to talk to you about an intimate knowledge of God. But I want you to understand this. When we praise, praise ministers unto the Lord. Worship, He ministers unto us. Hear me quickly. Worship, when we worship God, worship does not enthrone God in heaven. Worship enthrone God in our own lives. 
He's already enthroned in heaven as King of kings and Lord of lords. So when we worship Him, we don't enthrone Him as King in heaven. We enthrone Him as Lord of our lives. This is why when we worship, we must have an intimate knowledge of who we worship. And worship is not just looking at the screen or looking at a performance of a band. Worship is nobody around you is there. It's you and God. Smack down on your face where you say, Lord, I'm in business with you. Worship doesn't, it doesn't even matter what people think about you. As long as you have been to that place called there. Shout hallelujah. By the way, what does hallelujah mean? Hallelujah means praise Yah, praise Jehovah. So when we say hallelujah, do you know hallelujah is hallelujah in Chinese, in Japanese, in Afrikaans, in English, in Sutu, in Koza, in Zulu. Hallelujah stays hallelujah. It's hallelujah in every single language. Come on, so let every tribe, every nation, and every tongue praise Jehovah. Hallelujah. Do you enjoy this? Now I'm going to, I want to quickly tell you something. When we worship the Lord... All of heaven stands on attention just to come through for you. I was, I was thinking about this last night. God is so intimate with you that the word says that your very hairs on your head are numbered. I want to read you a passage in the Bible and then I'm going to, I'm going to teach and you're going to be changed forever. Psalm 139. Let me just quickly see. Do we have it in the, in the message translation? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this to you in the New King James, and then I'm going to read this to you in the, in the message translation because it's so powerful. It just says it so nice. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and has known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to, into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall uphold me. I want you to, to uh, listen to this. He says in verse 13, For you have formed my inward parts, you have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. Marvelous are your works, that my soul, and my soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I wake up, I'm still with you. Listen to what the, the message says. It says, if I should count them. Yeah, let's go to verse 1, please. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. Don't you like that? Investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. Now, now, let me just say this. He's so involved with your life that the psalmist says, Lord, I'm an open book before you. Why? I can't hide anything from you. There's things that you won't do in front of your husband. I don't want to mention it. But you do it in front of God.
I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you are there. Then up ahead and you are there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight. If I climb to the sky, you are there. If I go underground, you are there. If I fly on the morning's wings too far to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You are already there waiting. Very important to understand. Then I say to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. Listen to this. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they are all the same to you. Darkness isn't dark for the Lord. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you. Thanksgiving. I thank you. Hi God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul. I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Listen, people, he's talking to you about you. This is you telling this to the Lord. I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are prepared before I'd even lived one day. Before you were born, God knew exactly which day you will die. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I will never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them. Any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. And please, God, do away with the wickedness for good. I want to stop there quickly. Isn't this a beautiful passage? He says that, now think about this. God is so intimate with us. I want to, I want to say this in an all respectful way. God, weet, hy is in a skierige here. Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. The Bible says he even counts the hairs of your head. The hairs of your head are numbered. I said to Eileen, what happens if you don't have hair He's on your head? She said he counts your chest hair. So don't worry, your hair will be counted. But think about this. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God is a curious God. Let me say that one more time. God is a curious God. The scripture says that he even counts the hairs on your head. Your hairs on your head are numbered. Now I want you to hear me. David said, when I go to bed, you are there. When I wake up, you're still there. So God is so involved, so intimate when he created you. He said, I'm creating you for me. I don't want you to go to bed without me. He says, Lord, I can't even go to the toilet without you. You are there. Think about this, people. Hear me right now. When I go to bed, can you imagine this? He tells the angels, shh, 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 shh. He's almost falling asleep. And here you're sleeping. He says, wow, the apple of my eye. Turns to Gabriel. Gabriel, you take special care of this one. 
put a hedge all around them. That nothing, no weapon formed against them should prosper. No tongue that rises up in judgment against them. And then, and then Gabriel says, where are you going? Then he quotes the scripture. I give to my beloved in their sleep. I'm just preparing a miracle quickly. And you know what? When you wake up in the morning, <gasps> can you see God? Yes. Hello. If you've been brought up in religion, you have got no idea what I'm talking about now. I'm talking about a relationship, a curious God that puts you to sleep at night, can't wait for you to wake up just to be with you, just to spend time with you. Think about this. When he created Adam and Eve, the scripture says he created them to spend time with them. Every single day there was a certain time that God entered into the garden and had a conversation with Adam. So where do you get this? Because when, when, when Eve took off the fruit and made Adam to eat it, Hallelujah. Suddenly they knew they were naked. And they were hiding themselves in the bush. So here's God's God in his presence. And, and, and his manifested presence walks into the garden. And here's the following. Adam, where are you? You are not at our appointed time, at our appointed place. You didn't get this. Where are you, Adam? You are late. My goodness, that got me. Every single day. This is why people say, people say, Lord, where are you? No, that's wrong. He says, where are you, Adam? Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? He's not, you know, even the scripture where Jesus says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? It's not because God literally forsook him. It's because at that moment in time, he took every single loneliness, everybody's loneliness upon him. You can never be lonely as long as you have... In Him, we live and move and have our being. He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. I'm speaking to somebody right now. So He had a, he had a, a, a time with Adam where He spent valuable time with Adam. That was God's plan from the beginning. Please hear me right now. It was his plan to have a time every single day. Not to speak to you from a far distance, but to speak to you as a man speaks to his friend. That's God's plan for our lives. Is to be able to hear his voice. Now, as there's so many people in this building and, and, and everybody under the sound of my voice. There's so many people that worry what people think about you. They say I'm ugly and they don't like me. And, and every, most people in today's society just try to be liked. Let me hit you with knowledge. The Bible says, the thoughts that God has towards me is more than the sand. I've, I've done my calculations. I've done research on this. If you, have to, if you have to pick up a grain of sand, I reckon if they have to measure, they measure it, if they take sand in their hands and they measure the weight of, the, of a grain and how many grains are in hand, they reckon if they have to put up the sand together, and this is plus minus, but it's minus, all right? Plus minus, it, it is 7,000 trillion grains of sand. Okay, let me, let me try to explain this to you. In other words, when you wake up in the morning, he has 7,000 trillion thoughts towards you. No, 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 no. And you worry what one people, one person thinks about you? 
You worry about somebody that says, I don't like him. God says 7,000 trillion times, you are mine. I love you. If I have to describe my wife in my, my vocabulary, maybe 20 words. My heart means more. Here came out. But think about God. 7,000 trillion thoughts towards you. And you allow people to say you're ugly. You allow people to say you're fat and you're, you are not up to stand it. Well, God says 7,000 trillion thoughts I have towards you. My goodness. He does not say that about the lion. He does not say that about the elephant. He says that about you. So intimate. He's so intimate. He counts your hair. He's there when you sit down and when you stand up. When you leave and when you come back. Wherever you go, he is right there by your side. Is somebody listening to me? He counts your hair. He knows exactly. The Bible says this. He says, Lord, I can't even say a thing without you knowing me going to say this. Let me ask you a question. Do you know, do you think your husband knows when your day of death is coming? No, God knows. He knows you better than your spouse. My goodness. I, I wish I can get through this to, to you. Because something's happening right now. The presence of the Lord is busy coming in. And touching the hearts of people. If you understand how much God loves me, even, even, if, even if I have a bad day, He doesn't subtract one thought towards me. He doesn't say, okay, now it's only 699,000 trillion. His mercies never comes to an end. They are new every morning. This is why when you have a bad day, just go to bed and sleep. Because tomorrow morning you will wake up. There will be brand new mercies. Come on, there will be grace more than enough for you to, to, to sustain you for that whole day. Is somebody excited that he thinks about me so, so much? So if you think about uh, 7,000 trillion thoughts towards me. And that's, the only, that's what they can count. If they, they reckon in the Milky Way. There's a hundred million stars in, the, in our Milky Way. And there's millions upon of millions of Milky Ways in the galaxies. And they can't even count it all together. And the scripture says, he gave them all a name. And you think you have a problem. He knows names of stars in galaxies we've never even seen. And he knows them by name. How much more you who were created in His very image and in His very likeness. I, I, I pray that this, this must be the Holy Spirit that must help. Because if you don't hear what I'm telling you now, you will never understand this. He knows about a star you've never seen and He knows Him by name. How much more you who were created in His image and in His likeness. You've got no problems. You have a big God. This is why if the stars are made to worship Him, so will I. Come on, if the mountains were created to worship Him, so will I. If the rocks will cry out, so will I. If the angels worship Him, so will I. Come on, Lord, let your angels worship you. And let your people adore you. If they worship Him, so will I. So intimate. Yes, thank you, my friend. 
so intimate. When you wake up in the morning and your hair is in all directions, it's not because you had a bad night, it's just God was counting. He was looking upon man, became so curious that he said, I, I, I just want to be with him. What did he say? I'll become man. Put a flesh on me. Put a flesh on me. I don't want to go as a, as a big man, as a grown man. I want, to, I want to be born. I want to be able to go through the birthing pains because I want to be so intimate with them. I want to know every form of pain they've ever experienced. I want to be a baby. I want to know what it feels like to be like them. And he became like one of us. God in the flesh. My goodness. And he dwelled among us. He lived among us. And, and now he made a promise to give us his spirit. So now he's so curious about us. He became like us. Now he says, now come up to me. I'll give you my spirit. And my spirit will lead you to all things. The scripture says, there's nobody. First Corinthians chapter 2. No one knows the deep things of God except for the spirit of God who reveals it to us. So God wanted to inquire about us. He sent his son. Now he says, come and inquire about me. He sent his Holy Spirit. What a relationship. You know, we always say this, we are waiting on the Lord. That's wrong. He was asking the question, Adam, where are you? He's waiting on you. And bad days make you feel that God is far away. But in actual fact, he's never far away. He's always there. Even Jesus made the promise. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet so many Christians has this orphan mentality that they think they are not good enough for God. They think like, I, this is too big. I can't ask God for this. He, you know, he's a busy God. But that's an orphan mentality. So many people are happy with hand-me-downs. And the hand-me-downs looks terrible, but you're just happy because that's the only thing that you can get. But God says that's an orphan mentality. And I want to rebuke that orphan spirit. And I want you to understand that I'm so involved in your life. You know how involved he is? He even, he even cares about what you wear. You might say, well, this is just clothes. He loves what you wear. If you love a pair of boots, he loves a pair of boots. No, you didn't hear this. He's so curious and so involved in your life. Lord, how do I look? Grand. Wow. Wow. You feel there's so many people sitting here today. You don't feel good enough for God. You say, Lord, maybe you're doing it for somebody else. David did the same thing. Robbie, this one is for you. Psalm 73. Lord, why does the worldly people be, why are they blessed? Why are they increasing every single day? That's what David said. Lord, I can't understand this. I serve you with everything. But this sinner just gets and gets and gets and gets. And something shifts in David. He says the following. When I went into his sanctuary. The Bible says, David said it. But when I went to his sanctuary. In other words, when I got into his presence, my perspective changed. The presence of God makes your perspective to change. One minute you have a problem and the next minute you're in heaven. And then he said, Lord, I know what your word says you're going to do with the wicked. They will become like nothing. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Any, un or any wicked man that has blessings, he didn't receive it from the blessing of God, which adds no sorrow. A wicked man received blessing through sorrow. 
in order to keep it, he, he, must, he must keep the blessing the way he received the blessing. Well, the blessing of the Lord make of rich. In other words, so when God bless you, He has no sorrow to it. So you don't have to lay in your bed at night and wonder how it will be paid. God will take care of it because He has no sorrow to it. So He's involved in your life, so, so involved in your life that He doesn't want you to feel as an orphan. Jesus made this promise. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. Yet the, the Christian community adapted this orphanage mentality. I can't go to God and ask Him, well, this, this is too big. God is in the very details of your life. In the very details of your life. I go to the Lord, I make a covenant with Him. You know, people say you can't make a covenant with God. Then, then somebody's lying. Because I make a covenant with God. And, and I keep my end of the bargain. And I promise you, He will keep His end of the bargain. Because He's so intimate. Let me tell you how intimate He is. The Bible says, and I want to translate it in my, in my language, brokenness is a landing strip for the Holy Spirit. He's so intimate that when you cry, do you know what happens? The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes immediately and He picks up your tears in a bottle. That's what He says. He says your tears are counted up in a bottle. My goodness. I'm too broken to use. No, you're the best candidate. For brokenness attracts the Holy Spirit, which picks up your tears, by the way. No tear that is shed is wasted. Every single time you shed a tear, it was collected and counted. The tears that you shed today will be a down payment on your breakthrough. Oh, I'm going to speak to you right now. Maybe you hear me. Every single tear that you shed will be a down payment to your next miracle. So, so intimate. My goodness, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Adam was supposed to be in charge in the garden. He was supposed to tend the garden. Yet he was found a serpent in that garden. Why? Because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. We are not doing what we are supposed to do. I want to give you a prophetic word. And you can take this or you can leave this. But this is an alarming word. If the church of Jesus Christ does not come to a place of prayer, we are going to see some of the worst destructions that we've ever seen. The Bible says we have to pray because the hour, the hour is dark. And this is what we need to do like never before now. We are doing what we are not doing. Or what we're not, we are, we are supposed to do something else. Adam, where are you? You were supposed to tend the garden, but yet you've allowed serpents to come in. It's time to get back to basics. There's an alarming rate in our spirit that we need to pray now like never before. And that the Lord, when will you show up? No, He's asking you, when will you show up? He's always there, people. He's always there. He's waiting for us. Adam, where are you? Lord, we were naked. Who told you that you were naked? We hid ourselves from you, Lord. Come out of hiding, people. God doesn't want you to hide. He wants to speak to you in the cool of the day. He wants to be able to speak to you face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Oh, my goodness. So intimate that he says. Now, I want to I I say this from my own 
perspective. Oh, I was always too short. When I, I, I criticized myself so much because my length. And Lord, I, I, and this is a problem. This is a problem that I had. That I had such a low self-esteem. That low self-esteem was part of my depression. That dri driven me into depression. Because I always wanted to be good enough. And I never felt good enough. Never in my life. I never felt good enough. And then you know what? Reading a scripture that says that I have thoughts towards you. More than the sand of the ocean. More than the sand of the world. Changes a perspective. Because when he looks at me, the Bible says I was knitted together in a secret place. You, this must be a revelation to you. I was created in the secret place. I am sustained in the secret place. I dwell in the secret place. I receive from the secret place. He is that secret place. He is that hiding place. And when you understand, it's not when I look into the mirror, I'm supposed to see God Almighty. How wonderful and fearfully I was made. Think about this when He placed my organs in my body. He told each organ exactly what to do and how to function. He told His heart when He put the heart in me. He says, heart, you will beat until. Face of the brain is 120 years old. And then He gave me this scripture. And I want to I want to ask them to get it on the screen. Psalm 71. This is the NIV, and this one gets me. In this, this one just gets me. Uh, before I'm gonna read this, let me say this again. I enter his courts with praise. Because when there's praise in my heart, there's a there's an atmosphere of his presence being released. Why do I have access to his presence? Because he's a curious God. He created me for him. For his enjoyment. Is somebody listening to me? For his pleasure. That's why he made me. Then, then he said he, 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 he's, he's so much into me that he counts the hair on my head. That I was made in secret. In secret. Hear me? In secret. And, and he knows exactly what he has put in me. And he knows my ability. And he knows my talent. And he knows everything about me. And then he started saying, he said, you know what? I love you so much. I'm going to be in your business every day. In your face. I'm going to be up in your face, close and personal. When you go to the toilet, I'll be with you. When you get into the shower, I'm there. Oh, it's quiet. Uh, when you leave, I'll be there. When you come back to your house, I'll be there. When you go to bed, I'll put you to sleep. And when you wake up, I'll be there in your face again. Because you are my prized possession. The apple of my eye have created you for me into my image and into my likeness. And this one has gotten me in you, Lord. I have taken refuge. Pause, pause, pause. Yes, Holy Spirit. This is exactly what's wrong. God said to Adam and Eve, you're not supposed to eat from this tree. Don't eat this tree. When you eat this fruit, you're eating the wrong fruit. When you look into the mirror and you say, I'm not good enough, you're eating from the wrong fruit. You're supposed to eat from His fruit. And when you eat from His fruit, you'll see Him in you. You will not worry what the world thinks about you. Why? Because He's got 7,000 trillion thoughts towards me. When a, man, when a man walks out on your life, don't go sit in a pile and say, I'm not good enough. No, the Father is saying, I have cut him. 
because he's not good enough for my baby. And that guy can tell you, you're not good enough. Do you know what? Blah, blah, blah. According to the word of God, I've got 7,000 trillion thoughts towards me. They didn't leave you. God made them go. The problem is, listen, if I look at my two children, Kaylee and Dylan, when Dylan brings a, a girlfriend home, hello, how are you? I'm his, I'm his father. When Kaylee brings a boyfriend, I don't like you. I've got guns. <laughs> Hello, pastor. No, I'm not a pastor. Who told you I'm a pastor? Yeah. <laughs> and if he says I'm too short to be a nightmare, I'll knock him out. <laughs> Why do I say this? Because there's something about hurting God's daughters. When you hurt God's daughter, okay, look next to you, guy. Hey, that's, that's his daughter. When you hurt her, you hurt her father's heart. Whew. And all hell will break out against you. So just treat him well. So when you look into the mirror, don't eat from your own fruit. Eat from his fruit. Not your own accomplishments, his accomplishments. Now this is my, my scripture. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. Now here, from this part, I love this. For you have been my hope, O Sovereign Lord. My confidence. If you have no confidence, He is your confidence. That's what He says. You have been my confidence, Lord, since my youth. Not what tackies I'm wearing. Not what suit I have on my back. My confidence does not come from people's opinions. Listen to me. My confidence does not come from people's opinions. My confidence comes from Him. He is my confidence. Since my youth, from birth, that's what it is. Oh, from birth, I have relied on you. You know what? That is my every single day. I have to rely on Him with every decision, with everything that I do, but I will have no other life. You see why I, I quote this? Because he's so intimate. So curious. That he says that you're going to have to rely on me from birth. Any man that walks with God will have to rely on God from birth. When people hurt you, he's your sovereign hope. He's your fortress, your hiding place, your confidence. There's a presence of the Lord here right now. Lift those hands. My best friend is in this place. Touching people all over. He is our confidence. It says, from birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's room. I will ever praise you. I said to the Lord one night, Lord, I didn't ask to be here. 
He responded, but I did. I created you for me. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise. Declaring your splendor all day long. Do not cast me away when I am old. And do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemy speaks against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say God has forsaken him. But he promised I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. I want you to lift those hands, close those eyes, hear me quickly. He's so intimate. But he knows you're sitting from your standing up. Your hairs are numbered. The thoughts that he has towards you is more than 7,000 trillion thoughts, which never changes. He's so intimate, he, he cares what you wear. He cares that you have good things. He wants you to have a life of abundance. He wants to bless you because that's what good fathers do. They bless their children. He wants to bless you. But these people, I, I just hear the Spirit of God. These people, you wonder what people think and say about you. Yet you have a heavenly father that adores you. He created us to rely on him. The hour we are living, we can't rely on anyone else but on him. So as you lift your hands, we were created. To worship Him, to enter that Holy of Holies. And you say today, I can't, I can't enter, I can't experience it. That's an orphan spirit. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I want to say to you, by His blood and because of the blood that was shed, you are good enough. Don't worry what people have said to you. Put it behind you and say, Lord, I know what you say that I am. I can have what you say I can have. You know, sometimes in, in prayer, I don't ask Him for anything. Sometimes I say, I say to the Lord, Lord, I just want you to come and sit here. Just sit here with me, Lord. Let's just have a conversation. Lord, how was your day? Thank you, Lord, for taking care of me today. And I just commune with Him. I just come because He's a personal God. He's not in religion. He's in relationship. And I've noticed since I've realized that, He always shows up. Adam, where are you? Come on, the presence of the Lord is going to fill this place. Worship is God ministering unto us. Becoming intimate with us. Revealing the heart of the Father. Take me to that place. It's where I belong. I long to be with you. Take me to that place. It's where I belong. I long to be with you. 
nothing I want more But to seek your face To feel your embrace Take me to that place So take me to that place It's where I belong My heart longs to be with you There's nothing I want more But to seek your face To feel your embrace Take me to the place Come on, as you worship Him He will minister you As you worship Him You will have an intimate knowledge of Him we don't worship a dead God, we know who we worship. For the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Take us to that place, that secret place, that place called there. That place of healing, of refuge, of more than enough. There's nothing that we want more, but to see your face. And to feel your embrace. He has promised he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. Why don't you to quickly stand to your feet?